Hey, Michael, me amigo. Pay attention, it's Showtime. So it is. A new communication super network is being built before our eyes. And now, ladies and gentlemen, come with us to a world of joyous songs and wondrous miracles. Your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 594. And I'm here once again, not only to help you have the best possible vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you some of that Disney magic wherever you are with the podcast, my live video broadcast on Facebook every Wednesday videos, blogs, special events, books, and more. Whether it's your first time visiting, or you've been to the parks hundreds of times, whether you're planning your next vacation to a Disney park, or just love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there's something in the show for you because each week I'm going to take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between. If you're a new listener, welcome, thank you. Please go back and check out some or all the past episodes for interviews, top tens, reviews, and more. You can subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts and find everything else at www.radio.com. So I think we've all asked ourselves, or have been asked, questions that begin with something like, what do you think Walt would think of blank? And while it's a question I'm not sure anyone is qualified to answer, it's something that we'd all like to know and wish we could hear directly from him. So this week, I want to give you the opportunity to not just ask Walt, but show him, on this week's show, The One with Walt. And in this two-part series, we're going to look at and consider not the one question you would ask him, we'll get to that, of course, but the one attraction, the one show, the one technology, restaurant, movie, song, person, and some other questions that'll get you thinking about your answer and what Walt might be as well. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have more information and details about upcoming live video broadcasts and chats from the grand reopening of Walt Disney World beginning this week. Other updates, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Thank you. Today, I want to share with you some of our ideas for Disney World. Now, the prologue to this film told you some of the philosophy that made Disneyland in California what it is today. 
course, there will be another amusement theme park in Florida, similar to the one in California. We're now developing a master plan that encompasses the theme park and all the facilities around it that will serve the tourists. Hotels, motels, and a variety of recreation activities. In fact, just this little area alone is five times the size of Disneyland in California. Everything in this room may change time and time again as we move ahead. But the basic philosophy of what we're planning for Disney World is going to remain very much as it is right now. Over July 4th weekend, uh, I got to thinking, which is scary, I know, uh, about the 4th of July and America and, yes, Walt Disney. Uh, We all know what a patriot Walt was, how much he loved America, and, and the quotes about you know, seeing the flag waving in his eyes and red, white, and blue up his spine. And, and I was thinking a lot about him. And I think over the years, we have all posed or been asked questions like, what do you think Walt would think of X? Or what would you ask Walt? And I will tell you from a personal level, I cannot, nor would I ever attempt to answer that. I think I am woefully unqualified for many, many reasons, not the least of which, you know, obviously I've never met Walt Yet, um, but in thinking about Walt, which I actually do relatively often, a show idea was born because I think that given the extraordinary and really unlikely possibility of ever having the opportunity to speak with Walt uh, in, in this in this world, um, I think there's definitely more than one thing that I and a lot of us would ask him and more importantly, maybe even show him. So I present to you. The one with Walt. And what I what I what do I mean by the one? I'm gonna pose a series of questions about the one. For example, what would be the one attraction you would show him? What would be the one place that you take him? And I wanna also see uh, how you think Walt might feel about a couple of other topics as well. And of course, I can't do this alone, which is why I want you, the listener, to join along in this conversation and share your answers on our Facebook group at www.com slash community and or the voicemail at 407-900-9391. But also, like the Avengers, I have assembled a team of Earth's Mightiest Heroes, or in my case, friends and colleagues in the Disney space of the WW Radio Nation and Momentum attendees and speakers who at least knew who Walt Disney was and can hopefully come up with some semblance of a coherent answer on this subject with relatively little research done ahead of time. So I want to introduce some friends, uh, some who you've heard before, some might be new to the show. And of course, I believe in ladies first. Without further ado, I'd love to welcome back Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Well, hi, Lou, and I hope you aren't expecting me to stick to just one, right? This There's is no not a. T- we'll get to this. This is not a top okay. ten list, but it is the one. It is the one. Yeah, I'm going to you hold. Know how hard that is for me. I'm going to. Have you ever heard a top ten? I mean, obviously not. But have you ever heard one of my top tens? <laughs> but everybody else except me is going to be held to one. Uh, right. <laughs> next is Lisa Denoto Glasner from thecastlerun.com. Hey guys, I intend to sl- slip lots of um, s- sort of. I tend to slip lots of examples into my answers, and I also have lots of backups in my pocket. <laughs> my finger is is dangling precipitously over the mute button. If anybody tries to <laughs> add a second one, I want to welcome back uh, Jason Knapp from HereWithTheMagic.com. Well, hello. It's great to be here. 
fantastic topic. I'm really excited about this one. And all I ask is that I go before Carlos <laughs> because he has a he has a propensity to steal mine. Well, spo- spoiler alert, uh, not one, but two first timers to the show and all part of the after hours show that Jason does with Carlos Silva from Ponto Orlando and PontoMiami.com. Hello, everyone. I'm glad, honored, and delighted to be among such a fine group. And no backup. I'm almost like naked here. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, a longtime friend um, in the Disney space and former speaker at Momentum, Colin Kendall from Guide4WDW.com. Hello, hello. It's good to be here, everybody. Thanks for having me on, Lou. Um, and like Lisa, I'm probably going to slide a few in here because what's a top 10 list or a top list if you're not sliding a few in along the way? So <laughs> it's called the one by definition. Listen, I even gave you these most of these uh, ahead of time because I really didn't want to put you on the spot. I wanted to give you time to think about it. Had you have the opportunity to ask Walt these questions or show Walt these things? Because I think we've all been asked or have thought about these questions before and i think we a lot of times we hear or or you know are, are part of conversations where you know what do you think walt would think of x and i've and i'm not specifically mentioning names uh, but I've, I've spoken to people who knew walt and worked with walt um and they too have always been hesitant to speculate because they don't know because i think that was a lot of what you didn't know about Walt is what was he was thinking, what was he was planning, and you know what he might have been working on next. And actually, Roy E. Disney, Walt's nephew, said he said I'm I'm often asked what Walt would think of a new project, and really it's an unfair question, and it is, and that's why I'm going to save it for the very end. So um, I, I want to sort of flip that question around a bit, and it's not about what you would ask him, but more importantly, what you would show him. Um, had he come back and we have the opportunity to sort of take Walt around and it's more than just the parks and the crews and the company. I want to, there's a few other topics uh, that I think will sort of get us all thinking about how we might answer what we think Walt might answer. Um, and again, you, the listener, I want you to think about what are the things that you would show Walt again, we're going to go from the parks to the movies and maybe a few other directions as well. Obviously, there's going to be overlap. I think uh, there's a lot of answers that might seem potentially obvious on their on their face. Um, it is not like we're stealing anything in the top 10 list. These are more going to be discussion points. But when I first posed this question, without sneaking in any of your answers, um, what was your first thought? So, Jason, you said you like this topic. I, I honestly thought about this a long time. I'm like, is this something that people might potentially be interested in. So tell me what you and anybody else who wants to jump in, what your first thoughts were when, when I proposed the topic to you my like first 24 thought. hours ago. <laughs> that, that was literally my first thought. I was like, seriously, I need, I need to come up with this list. People ask me all the time, how, how far in advance do you plan the shows out? How far do you think them out? And, and I'm like, it usually happens this way. I get an idea and we just run with it. And for the record, I didn't even have that much time because you were kind enough to say, hey, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like you may want to check your email. <laughs> so I had a, yeah, I had like 12 hours to think about it. But actually, the ideas came rushing pretty quickly because it's it's one of those things I think a lot of Disney fans 
think about? Like, what would I, what would I do? What would I want to show him? The toughest part is actually, which I'll, I'll, I think everybody will find to be true is, is whittling it down to one thing. Yep. That's the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love I think, the topic. I think for me, and, and I'm used to Lou, your last minute stuff. So this actually seemed like a delightfully large amount of time to prepare. Um, but I think for me, the big challenge in this was, and and if my answers to these questions, I'm sure there'll be a lot of overlap, but I'm sure if my answers to these questions seem like they're like bouncing around the room in a nonsensical way, it's because in every single question I was struggling with, do I want to delight him? Do I want to enjoy a quiet moment with him? Do I want to wow him? Or do I want to honor him? And I feel like for every single question, I had answers where I wanted to just honor his legacy and show him his, his legacy. And then there were places where I just wanted to like blow, knock his socks off. Um, and and that was the struggle for one, me. I, think right. <laughs> I, I did pick one, but I'm just saying, if my answers seem like they're ping-ponging around a room in a nonsensical way, it's because I was kind of balancing between those things. Like there were times when I just wanted to steal a quiet moment and bend his ear. And there were times when I wanted to just like blow him away with what's happened, you know, in the time since. So um, that was the struggle for me. It was kind of choosing each for each question, like choosing which route I was going to go with those questions. Uh, yeah. In some way, uh, what for me I, I wanted to do is not to have him judging anything but much more appreciating the things. So uh, it's just a lot of people ask, you know, what did he think things about what the, the, the way that the, what Disney is moving in such and such direction. I, I don't want to go through that way. I just want to him to, to enjoy or to, to have the idea of him enjoying, appreciating something that I really like now. That's, that's the whole point. Yeah. And much like Carlos said, it, it's so much, not as much of what his opinion of something would be. It's more so of, I want to show you all these things that maybe you didn't get to see and maybe you would have thought of along the way or how you would have plus things in a different way or just to hear the thought process of a man that was so ingenious in his time and his entire lifetime, really, and the development of how his thoughts came to be. And so much of my list, a lot of it goes back to Epcot. That was my immediate thoughts on a lot of them. And it was just because I would love to just hear his thought process on the transition of that project and just how in depth it would have been and how things could have changed. But at the same time, how appreciative of what Disney has created, he would have been. See, and it's interesting because you went to Epcot. I immediately went to Disneyland in my head. So a lot of my answers tended to go towards um, look at your legacy. Look what, you know, that little spark of idea of imagination that you had look where we took it, look where everybody took it. And I think I've, I was bouncing around much like Lisa going, is this me showing him how he impacted my life or, or all of our lives? Or Mm -hmm. is it more of a, you know, look what you did or what do you now think of what we have, you know, laid out before you It parks across the world now. See, I went in a completely different direction because I'm going to take them to Gatorland and be like, look, look at what we built. I'm like, psych. I was wondering if somebody was going to take him off property. <laughs> Boardwalk and baseball. This is what. Uh... <laughs> so so let's start there. Right. Let's sort of start with the easy and the obvious. Again, we have a lot of stuff to get 
get through and questions to ask. But I, I want you to let's sort of start with the, the Disney parks specifically. And I want you to go to what specific park you would take him to and why. And again, we're gonna we're gonna dig a little deeper and drill down deeper to attractions and shows and restaurants. But I want you to sort of just think about the overall parks. And again, I, I, let's sort of go ladies first, Becky, Lisa, Jason, Carlos, and Colin. This was hard um, because I kept thinking about how amazing it would be to take him into something that he wouldn't even have thought of, like um, going to Tokyo Disney Sea. I hate or, you, you know, so much. What? So much do I hate you. <laughs> you the best you thing is that's not first. her answer. <laughs> but, but that that's not where I ended up at. I, I, I will tell you, you anymore, so. I, and I think – I think you'll understand this because it's something that you and I experienced together. I think I would take him to Radiator Springs at dusk. I think I would take him in there to show him how you can literally walk inside a movie. Because if you remember, we were there for the press event and there was that little kid and mom on that first day. It was actually, it was the first day, not the press event. And that little kid looked up at his mom and said, is this where they filmed cars? Mm -hmm. And just that, that, that feeling that went up and down my spine of, Oh my gosh, we are walking inside the movie. We're experiencing it. It's laid out in front of us. So I think if I was going to show him anything, it would be how you can take that animation storytelling and turn it into reality that you could just walk inside and be immersed in and the characters could come to life. So, okay. So, so you, you did jump ahead a little bit um, because we were, I, I wanted to have split. So is California adventure. Cause I wanted the park, right? I want the, the park, park first. Oh, so. I, was, I thought you were going right for the, for the land. So, you know, yeah, I, I guess I would still, still go in that direction because when, when he passed, that was a parking lot. So it would be amazing, especially to have him witness a whole nother piece of the imagination that occurred as you're walking into what used to be a parking lot and seeing uh, bits and pieces of his legacy. And of course, Cars Land, Radio Springs is where I immediately went and what I wanted to show him. So for all of you Disneyland fans, I want you to understand that Becky said she wants to show Walt Disney Superstar Limo. That is the one. <laughs> that's the attraction she wants to go to no, that's, first. That's the, if, you, if we wanted to say what, what uh, attraction that's extinct that should stay extinct, extinct <laughs> it's that one. That, that's the answer to that question, hands down. Uh, all right, Lisa, what park specifically would you take him to and why? So I, I, I won't. I, I had thought we were getting a little more specific, like Becky thought with this one. Um, All right. So it's okay. I, I, Girls are I, thinking alike here. That's okay. You know. So you know what? Why don't we do this? We can, we can sort of, if your park and your attraction are, are in the same location, then sort of just merge the two together. I love here. There, no, no, no. I, I hadn't, I'd never left my own answers, but um, no, I mean, I think I would want to sort of be next to him and maybe holding his hand a bit, walking into Epcot. Don't make um, it creepy. You know, I, I, creepy. I think he had, um, you know, he, he had big dreams for that community of tomorrow um being sort of a place where people lived and and um you know in, in a sort of idyllic community um and obviously it went in a very different direction um but i would love to walk him into that park and sort of show him what it did become even though it you know strayed a lot from what he had initially imagined um to show him just just what did become of it 
um, and particularly into World Showcase. And, and, and I did get a little bit more specific in, in my answer because I was sort of most excited to welcome into American Adventure, um, maybe to spend a little time with the Voices of Liberty and, and then show him um, you know, the American Adventure film, which you know, the, being the patriot that he was, I, I, I would love to sit next to him and see him watch that. Jason? Well, I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know which answer do you want now because I'm. <laughs> give me a both. Want, give me the park, the park and give me the attraction. Do you Go want ahead. the attraction? Do you want. So, so my answer for the park is different than my answer for the attraction. Okay. My answer for the park is I would take him to the Magic Kingdom. I'd take him to the park that he knew was starting and then he didn't get to see um, and show him what Roy did and show him how his legacy continued. And, and we'd sit on a bench and we'd just. We would just people watch. We just watch people to watch their faces, watch the kids and watch the families experiencing it. Um, then I'm not going to get teary. Uh, it's it's like that would be for me. I mean, I like I love Epcot and I want to show them all these things, uh, but I'm actually a little afraid of what he would say about the Epcot <laughs> that we have now. What are so all these walls doing you here? That, you take that bullet. <laughs> I'll be happy to you show are very much post Corona Epcot. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I will. In construction. Um, right, we are so not you showing hold Walt up, any of these places in summer 2020, obviously. No, gosh, no. But do you want me to hold off on my attraction answer and play by the rules, or do you want do you want yes. that Clearly yeah. the rules yes, have gone please. out the window. Because I feel like so Lisa now I'm in trouble, please. aren't I? I, no, I broke the rules. I, I mean, were... I didn't even give you a land. I thought it was land. I was going for land, not not park, I guess. So okay. that's fine. It's all right. So no, save bad. your save your attraction answer and uh Carlos and Colin go ahead. Uh Lou, you know I will go to a different uh, the direction that I have even as a backup. Uh, I will take him to Disney's Animal Kingdom. And the whole thing is that it's such a different park, such different from anything that he could thought uh, that I would be amazed just to see his reaction. Imagine he walking in the park and going through the oasis when you see all those big trees in Florida and all that landscaping and then showing Kilimanjaro Safari or even the- Reloading, uh, Carlos. Whoa. <laughs> Take off. It, it, Everything. So the idea is to show a park that is totally different from the usual, what they he used to have as a usual park. Uh, so the idea is to show uh, Disney's Animal Kingdom. It's not my favorite park at all. It's, uh, I love that park, but my favorite is Epcot. But I, I would love to show show him the Disney uh, Animal Kingdom. That's That would be. And as usual, um, actually, it's probably going to be a commonality in all of this. I actually tended to favor the same answer or a very similar answer to what Lisa had, because a lot of times we think the same way about Epcot. It's just kind of how we are. But I would go a little different on the pavilion. But as the photography guy, I'm going to go to one that has a, a different view. And for me, so much of the experience about views and capturing views and things that a lot of people overlook and one thing I'd love to get Walt just just to see his reaction to it would be to somehow get him to the back of Epcot in the Japan Pavilion on that second floor balcony overlooking all of all of the World Showcase and Spaceship Earth and all that it has become. Just because like, one, I think he'd be amazed by it, and some maybe in a good way, maybe in a bad way, maybe in an entirely different way than any of us would ever expect. But I think he'd be proud of the innovation that occurred there and proud of that view and just to see 
his reaction to it would just be so priceless. And it's something that we'll, we'll never really know what his thoughts are on it, but it would be incredible just to see how he responded to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, changing answer on the park. No, you can't anymore. You're, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I tried. So, you know, Epcot, and I don't mean this in a, in a, like, I think Epcot is obviously it's an easy answer, right? Because he, there was a, a direct connection to it. Animal Kingdom is actually the one that jumped to my mind first because of Walt's love of animals, both what he wanted to do on screen, what he did even in Disneyland opening day with, um, you know, the mule pack and the Conestoga wagon and, and what he had hoped Jungle Cruise would have been, you know, obviously is what, like Carlos said, Kilimanjaro Safari was. But I think without question, it's Tokyo Disney Sea. Um, and I understand not everybody has had a chance to visit as yet, but I can tell you, having been there twice, you've heard me say this before, I, th- I think there is no comparison between that park and any of the others. And what I mean by that, it, and that's with the ultimate respect, is that I think Tokyo Disney Sea is a, a remarkable representation of almost starting from ground zero. And what I mean by that is so much of it is not necessarily based on IP. And I know that it's a lot of what Disneyland was, but I think Walt would be impressed with the storytelling not necessarily relying on only Disney movies, but, you know, even Mysterious Island and all the Jules Verne stuff. I think the level of service, the cleanliness, like I think there's a lot that Walt injected into Disneyland that he would probably find incredibly impressive and I think also comforting about Tokyo Disney Sea as well. Not to forget the 200 types of popcorn that you can get. (laughs) Trust me, we're getting to the food. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. So I I would, I agree with you on, on the park uh, on Tokyo Disney sea. I'm with you. Once you've been there, it's really hard to compare it to anything else. Um, And I think from a park perspective, that would be amazing to see his face. Not only that, uh, this has such a different type of storytelling to it, but that, that, uh, that imagination, that legacy spread to countries beyond the U.S. Mm-hmm. And look, I think I, I think because I'm sure, you know, you listener might be screaming, how are you not saying something like Disney's Hollywood Studios? Because it's based on the same type of filmmaking and storytelling that, you know, predicated the the creation of Disneyland. And, and I get that. Um, but I tried to think, you know, overall, what do I think Walt would be most amazed and impressed by and I think it's Disney C. So so let's go to the attraction. And Becky, I assume Radiator Springs is No. Oh, no so see, now Radi- you're sneaking in. She's sneaking no. in three. Okay. No. Yes. Well kind of I am. But <laughs> <laughs> Radiator Springs was it wasn't racers. I I, I meant the it land. It was just the land itself. itself. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I was going. Um from an attraction and this was hard. I have like seven and I, one. I think this is it is the one. <sighs> Come on. If you say more than one, you lose the opportunity to take Walt there. Oh, my God. Do, okay. Anyway, <laughs> the only things Since I can say right now in my brain. Now, now you <laughs> Otherwise, he's yeah. curating for us. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, uh, yeah, okay. So the older ones, I wouldn't say which ones, but some of the older ones I, I considered, things that he may have worked on or known of, but d- didn't get a chance to see because he passed. But I think... I would love to watch his face on Soren over California. 
I so glad you said that because I, I wanted that on my list. Too, I'm so. not. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's one of the things I enjoy so much. Not not Soren, but Soren over California. Oh no, that's Soren forever and ever. That will be okay, Soren. Thank you, thank you. I'm I'm with you. Um, it, 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 the classic and the the smells and the sights and the sounds and um, I, I think that it would be amazing. It, I watch people go on it now for the very first time and I don't even watch in front of me. I watch their face to see how they experience it. And I think being able to just turn and watch Walt's face um, experience this, this amazing technology uh, featuring something that's very familiar to him, the, the California state that he, you know, he knows all those areas he's been there. He's traveled um, to see it in that way. I think that would just be amazing. Becky, I need to recommend to you to go uh, to that attraction with Jason. We <laughs> had the opportunity to do that uh, uh, three months ago. And uh, I love I love that attraction. But going that with Jason, who is fanatic about that, it is amazing. It was uh, uh, Colin, I think you, you, you can agree with that, too. Giddy was the understatement of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that man grin like that. Well, because they, they brought for the, wine, for the Food and Wine Festival there, they brought the original, the classic, the actual Soren attraction back, the film back. And, oh, man, it was it was. It was like seeing a long lost love again. It was so wonderful. And we got to sit in a really nice spot because we kind of bartered our way up. Um, and I, I just to kind of riff on your answer, because I think it's fantastic, is I love the genius of this. Like it's the simplicity is genius yeah. in terms of the, the attraction design. Um, and I think that I think he would I think he would think that's great. It's imagineering really at its finest. It really yeah. is yeah. immersing That's, you in that experience. And, and like you said, the simplicity of the attraction itself, I, I think it was masterful. And it's funny because that's the exact reason I had that on my list because I could just picture Walt being amazed by the, the erector set that they put together. And I could just imagine that being something that he would do or he'd have sitting in his office somewhere like, here, see this. This is our next creation or something like that. And just Plus, I want to point amazed. out all the hidden Mickeys along the way. <laughs> <laughs> golf ball. Watch the golf ball. You know, that would be very cool. So, uh, so Lisa, what would your attraction be? So I will say that the reason Animal Kingdom wasn't my park was because an embarrassing number of my other answers were at Animal Kingdom. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've got a long list of clever answers and, and, I, and I did try to be sort of original in these because I figured there'd be a lot of overlap in these answers, but I am taking him straight to Pandora, baby. I, like I, you know, I, I, could, I can talk about wanting to ride Wedway with him all day long, but no, I am taking that man on Flight of Passage and I am not watching that screen for a split second. I am sitting next to him and I'm watching his every reaction, every expression, going through the queue together, going through the lab together, seeing the reveal of Hank in the tank. Like, I just want to take that man on flight of passage all day long and just watch every delighted response to it. Like, I know it's the least original answer in the world, but like, that's where we're going. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a good one. That's I'm sure you're not one. alone in that answer. I'm sure for a yes. lot of people that that's that jumped to the top of their mind. Yeah, Jason, I can just imagine that, him. That was my. That I'm so I'm so happy right now because Soren. I had Soren as a backup, and I had Flight of Passage as a backup. I knew you'd pick that, Lisa. Um, so this one I struggled with, and I, I'm only going to say one, but maybe I'll expand on it later after the other answers come in. Um, 
for me, this one, I'm actually going to the kind of other end of the spectrum from simplicity. I'm going to take him to Rise of the Resistance well, because yeah. I, I think it is like in terms of the show, the immersion, the the different systems that have to interact with one another, the timing that has to be perfect. Um, I think he would blow his socks off and I don't think he need to know anything about star Wars. Cause he wouldn't know anything about star Wars uh, to be impressed with what the Imagineers put together. And the, uh, this is incredible. Just the incredible complexity that seems to just happen effortless, effortlessly. It's just a fantastic attraction. I think he'd be really proud of his, um, his Imagineers. For putting that was together. on my list. That That was number two on my list as well. Because again, that that feeling of being part of it—you're not a casual observer. You're um, you're part of the mission. You are in it, and it's happening all around you, which is something that. Can you imagine his face when when, when he gets when when you're you know you're you're taken prisoner. You're on you're you're on the destroyer. Shoved in a box so the, he can't get out. And the door opens, the door you just yeah. came through, the door opens and it's a completely different place. He would be like, that's fantastic. That's wow. the best thing ever, right? And then he thinks that's great and then when you have that drop when you when you're oh, returning. Yeah. yeah. It's so mind good. blown. That that would be so amazingly so cool. Yeah. All right, Carlos, what do you have, buddy? I'm so happy because nobody took that one. And for me, it was the obvious one. Um, I would go, it would be a go with me moment, uh, which in Portuguese is momento vem comigo. <laughs> but I, I would say that it's not an attraction inside a park. Okay. It's not inside a park, but it's an attraction. I will take him to the ticket and transportation center and we will catch the monorail but the monorail to Epcot. So we ride uh, the monorail to Epcot, uh, a long world drive. And if we have, uh, lucky enough, we even we catch some wildlife in the, in the woods surrounding that. Then we'll go uh, towards Epcot. We'll turn the, uh, the, the circle around uh, future world. And that will be amazing for me because uh, the, the whole idea, I, I it's the perception that I use, usually have when I'm when doing that that ride, um, going from from Ticket Center to Epcot. It's to see how huge everything that they've done there up to now, and uh, and I think the monorail for me is is an attraction and it's something that always brings me close to Disney, uh, and I would love to be with him in that attraction. And now I think you guys hate me. <laughs> no, well, I think that's I, a, I think that's a, a, a unique perplexed. creative answer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. I, I absolutely get it. Um, Colin. So mine was taken by Becky, <laughs> but at the same time, it's still Soren, and it's it's different because it, just because of the way I thought about it, I guess. Because to me, it's it's still Soren over California because that's the better version. But I just think he'd be fascinated by the the simplicity of it all, but also the technological advancements of it all. And especially after they'd added the higher quality projections and things like that, I just think it would absolutely blow him away that you can sit there and feel like you're moving when you're moving very, very little and you're moving up and down, you're moving left and right. You're moving just enough to get that sensation. I just think it would be mind blowing to him in so many ways. 
So I think for a lot of people, uh, and I asked my family this question earlier today to see what, what they said. And I think the the top two answers we'll probably get from a lot of people is going to be Flight of Passage um, and Rise of the Resistance. In terms of storytelling, um, they're evocative, they're emotional, especially to those who have emotional and, and sentimental connections to things like Star Wars. But for me, um, the attraction that came to mind first jumped to the top of the list and, and I could not unseat it if I tried, and it's Mystic Manor in Hong Kong. And uh, again, understanding that, you know, I'm I'm very fortunate to have been able to go there, thanks to MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, but I think it qualifies for so many reasons, one of which is that it's not based on any intellectual property, right? Again, it's that unique storyline and characters created just for Park and characters that bleed over not just into that land in, in Mystic Point, which in and of itself could have been the land that I would want to take him to first, but this story of the SEA and how it sort of bleeds over throughout all the parks and Disney Cruise Line, but even from the moment that I think he approaches the mansion, it's probably going to be familiar to him because it's based on the Bradbury Mansion that was um, in the, you know, in and around Los Angeles where he was, but the storyline, the ride system, Danny Elfman's musical score, the characters. The other thing, too, is that it's completely accessible to anybody. There's no height limit. There's no, you know, requirement. Yay me. Um, and I think he would appreciate, too, as someone who worked on the ideation for Haunted Mansion for many, many years and held off on the attraction until they could get the the storytelling of it right, I think he would also be fascinated as somebody who was also a world traveler at just how different the Chinese culture looks at the afterlife and the lack thereof of ghosts and just how different this quote-unquote haunted mansion is from his original Disneyland haunted mansion that uh, that launched in the early 60s. So uh, I think it's a, a remarkable attraction from storytelling, technology, music, everything else. Uh, and I think Walt would be blown away by it as in the same type of way. I think he would be blown away by Flight of Passage or Rise of the Resistance. I'm glad you said that. I mean, I've, I've not had the good fortune of experiencing it, but I'd like to. And I've resisted watching any YouTube videos. Don't. Do it. Oh, I, I forbid it. you. I, I, did it. I, I, I know I listened. I did it. I did. Oh, no, I haven't done no. it. Before. It's not going to, it, it doesn't even matter because it, it can't prepare you for what that, that ride sensation is like. But I think, I, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to cheat here. Um, I think I'd also like to see what his reaction is to Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway. Because I think that hits all the marks in terms of uh, being the family-friendly attraction. That, that there's excitement. There's a, like there's this, there's a story, a fantastic story that's told. It's funny. Um, there's effects that that actually like are shockingly good. You know, you don't expect it going in. Um, the only thing I'd want to see is what his reaction to the design version of Mickey. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I think I mean it'd be fun to see his reaction anyway. That's all. That's all. Yeah, I'm and saying. when you oh, said that, Tower I'm like, of Terror, Tower of Terror, being my, f- I want to see that too. 
All right, you're that's up to what, five now? Yeah, that's it. Jason is that's <laughs> Jason. That's Jason. Well, look, but look, so, I stayed in Hollywood studios, so it's all good. All right, so thinking along those lines, too. Then it's anarchy. I've lost the other. I know. The yes, one. you have. It's the one. <laughs> the one that I was going back and forth on, too, is Pirates. And you know what we'd snack on? Well, yeah, no. Me, too, yeah, Becky. Yeah, because, yeah. again, he, he had some hands in it. He had some ideas about it, but he didn't live to see them. And being able to ride it yes. and yeah. see his face... Yeah. Um, experiencing the, the familiar yet what it became. That, yeah. that was cool. Well, then I think he needs to see Country Bear Jamboree because it literally was Walt's last laugh. And seeing Mark Davis's drawings come to life in a show that has pretty much yeah. not changed very much since it in, since it debuted at Walt Disney World, um, he would probably love to see what you know what that design ended up coming to be. So we've pretty much named. Almost every attraction in every park worldwide, which is good. So we're going to take them to a lot of different places. But I also want to know, um, you know, it, it's not just the attractions that you get into a ride vehicle. It is the shows, right? I think there's been so many incredible shows on land, on, over, in, underwater, um, up in the skies as well throughout all the parks. So what show would you take Walt to see and why Becky and you have this grin on your face like Mangello? I know you and I are going to say the same thing. Oh, I hope we're not going to say the same thing. If you went this, this path, then we're in trouble because I don't want to always think like you. It's a scary thing. Um, I, I struggled with this. There were four or five answers, but it kept narrowing me right back down to one and it's Disneyland's version of Fantasmic hmm. was was the place that I argued in my head and came back to because for those who haven't seen Disneyland's version of Fantasmic, you have to see it. It is it is the same storyline, but told in such a unique, awesome, in your face way. And I think that how the lagoon is transformed from the daytime, nice and calm environment to this story right before your eyes encompassing so many of the elements of imagination of the IP that he knew the IP that he would learn about um, so much of his legacy is just weaved through the entire show uh, it's exciting it's got pyro it's got music it's got lights it's got characters it's it's got the the up and up, ups and downs of a, of a typical storyline I think that that's the place that I would want to take him first. The current version of the show? Or the current version. The current yeah, version. I do. I know that the other one uh, definitely was impactful, but I think now. Um, I, I just like they, Peter Pan and Captain yeah, doing their thing. I know, but uh, they did so much more with it, with the lighting and the effects. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a nice twist, uh, the, the current pirate theming. And and plus, man, when that, um, when that, ship comes around the corner and you hear that cannon and the lights go on it. It is so startling and so exhilarating to see that. I, I think that it's just masterful storytelling again. I love the way you first described that because I'm looking at Jason. He's nodding the whole time because that's <laughs> the exact same way he described it to me because I hadn't seen it until the three of us, me, Jason and Carlos went out to California to Disneyland like three or four months ago when all this was starting. But it was just 
he was giddy about it. And I couldn't put the pieces together because I'm like, it can't be that much different than the world version. And it drastically is. And I intentionally didn't watch any of the videos, okay. just like you guys were saying about Phantom Manor. And it really is. It's just as Becky described it. It's it's a very, very different and unique mm-hmm. experience that is not like anything we have at Disney World. I didn't believe him. And now he's nodding his head yeah, again, the, probably saying, I told you so. <laughs> one of the things I love about it is that you can, you feel like you can reach out and touch it where in Walt well, Disney world, you feel like you're so far set back from it that you get to see it as more of a spectator where I like those, uh, those types of experiences where you feel like you're right there. And and I think that that's one way that Disneyland has kind of uh, Took it up a notch. The, well, the thing I think would be so great for him to see about Fantasmic is is this that especially the finale when all the characters yeah. are out on the and on the boat. I know river, I, that I would love for him to see that like how these characters are still celebrated and loved by by everyone, and it, that would be that would be amazing throughout decades. I mean, all Plus of the steamboat, Willie Mickey, the steamboat exactly. Willie. I mean, starting with him going through Cinderella and Snow White and, and all the goosebumps. way to the current characters. I, I, I think that that is incredible. Lisa, what's yours? So Becky, I love you both for going out of Walt Disney world and many of your answers are not overlapping very much. And also for giving that answer, because that was my number two. Um, we saw the soft opening of that at D 23. Well, second, not the last D23, but the one before. Um, yeah, it, it, it blew my mind. I've, I've talked about it ever since. Um, so this was a tough one because I have a lot of like favorite shows at Disney, but none of them like were the ones that I necessarily wanted to take him to first. Um, and, and I think like as shows go, and hopefully you'll all agree that this qualifies as a show, um, if we're just heading to Main Street. Um, USA and the Magic Kingdom and kind of hitting up Casey's Corner and just watching the piano player. Oh, Jim. Um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe the uh, the Dapper Dance will go by, maybe the, the dancers will go by, but yeah, I just, like just kind of want to like show like Casey's yep. with him and like have a corn dog or a hot dog and, and just watch the, pian- the pianist. Um, just have that moment overlooking the castle. Um and again, like the, it's, you know, like my quote unquote favorite shows at Walt Disney World are you know, mostly at Animal Kingdom, probably like most people. That wasn't where I wanted to go with him. I wanted to like hit the hub and, and have that moment with him at Casey's. Well, I'm so glad that you had that moment there because I was afraid that you or Becky, especially I thought Becky was going to take my answer. And your answer, Becky, your answer was great. Fantastic. <laughs> Love it in Disneyland. But the obvious right answer to this is also in California Come and on. it's World of Color. Dad, make me proud. There yeah. you go. Because that's I mean, the only right answer. And I, was I the only right answer. cannot watch that without weeping every time. It's it's like thank goodness you're getting wet the like the like constantly because you can't tell the difference when the you know when there's water on your face between the water and tears. It is so good. The, the the technology let's just get that out of the way first the technology what is it like 1200 fountains or something like that that and they're they're like just perfectly choreographed the the, the sermon brothers like the i mean you can't watch that just even just the beginning of that show without feeling like walt's spirit being channeled through 
the show and into you and I um and I had the great I had the uh, I had the, the great honor of having Carlos and Colin see it for the first time. I think it was your first time. Was your first yep. time? First time. Um, and it's so much fun. You don't even want to watch the show. You want to watch. You want to watch their reaction to it. I I I adore that show. I think that he would be again. I think it would be one of these things where you he can he can just be wowed by the technology, but also be honored. Now I'm, I'm using Lisa's categories. Um, he can be honored by the celebration of these things that he created and be able to see that they're still, they're still loved decades and decades later. Jason, I, I'm both sad and happy that you answered it um, because anything that you say after this, this will allow you to redeem that. Cause I think there was no question for me. Um, I asked my, my family, they said, you know, celebrate the Magic Castle show and the fireworks over the castle and Magic Kingdom. But Walt, I think, would love and probably also be moved to see that his wonderful World of Color TV show is still serving as inspiration for joy for family families for, for decades later. Yes, the technology. Yes, the music. Yes, Sherman Brothers. Yes, all those things. But I think... You know, having something that is so new, I mean, it's only really 10 years old, but um, honoring Walt and what he created, even with updated music and things like that, um, the 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 spectacle that it is on such a, a grand scale, um, the, the world of color, the, the glow with the show ears. Becky, I remember the first time we saw it. When they yeah. gave everybody in the audience ears, and there was this, this beautiful symphony of this visual symphony of lights as the ears were sort of dancing along with the show, it was I remarkable. spent a lot of money on ears too over the God, years. It that was a lot of money cool. on ears. That was that was breathtaking um, experiencing that. And imagine though, one of my very favorite parts of that show is near the very end when Walt and Mickey are holding hands mm -hmm. and his voice comes on and says, don't ever forget it was all started by a mouse. I cry every single time that hits that piece, but I would love to like whip my head around and look at him and see how he would react to hearing his own voice and his words uh, being so important that it made it to that show. And again, and like, and you laugh like and you cry. The only thing, the only thing, and Becky, I know you're going to agree with me, the killing Mustafa scene. Oh, yeah. Like, no, if that never shows up ever again, I would be a happy girl. That That's like, okay, I'm going to go check my phone messages for like 36 seconds really quick. So I'll be it, over here. I mean, look, it's, 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 it's amazing storytelling because it, the way Disney is able to, like a symphony, just sort of of conduct your emotions in such a radical and dramatic way from the heroism to the, the joy and the love and the romance to something so dark and then brought back up again. To, it's we don't brilliant. Need to be so, we don't need to be so bipolar about it, seriously. <laughs> I mean, it no. takes you to a whole load that but none world, of us need to But the to world of color did it as well. It, it yeah. Look, the reason why we love and they use the word love Disney because it is tugs on our emotional heartstrings and the fact that you can do it with projections and music and, and water again the, the the technology that was created with these water cannons um it, it, i think he would love the advancement in the storytelling for something that is still you know sort of just on its face relatively simple 
And it's not only not only the images and the, and the color and the the, the sites uh, that the. the in going in a more technical term, the sound engineering of the show is amazing. The way it changes from the, the, the first original theme and then it goes to a multi-stereo uh, sound with the new version is, is, is beautiful. And the first time you see, you know, the first time we ever saw those water projections is just, you know, it's jaw-dropping. It is jaw-dropping. And, and Becky, I know we had done... It was during the Adventures by Disney we had done, right, that we went with um, Steve Davison and some of the other Imagineers, and they sort of took us through the technology of of what we were about to see for the first time earlier in the night. Actually, it wasn't an ABD. It was our private party. Oh, that's remember. right. That's right. Yep. Okay. We did only we could do something like that again at some point. Yes. Only, yes. If only there was somebody who would come with us. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Who I'm ready. With us. <laughs> I'm ready. That that was really special. Being this, they brought out a, an iPad and showed us that you, they can actually cue the entire show from an iPad. It was amazing. Crazy, crazy. So <laughs> okay, um, yeah, Carlos uh, and Colin, what would you? Uh, I was uh, and I was expecting that Jason uh, Cheery and Weeping Jason would would take my option and there, but I, I had another one prepared for that. And I actually would say it would be really charming because I would take. Uh, Walt to France. I will go to Disneyland Paris, and we will wa- watch what is for me my favorite nighttime show in Disney. Is uh, so we will go to see uh, Disney Illuminations, um, and there you have Mickey, uh, almost as the same as as Fantasmic. Mickey is the main character. He is the MC for the show. And you have images of Disney animation, Pixar, and also scenes from live action franchises like Pirates of the Caribbean. And then I need to make a dramatic pause. And Star Wars, you have Star Wars projected in a castle. So it is, it is an amazing show where you have uh, water fountains, uh, fireworks, lasers, projections, lights, music and it's for me it is uh, my favorite show and uh, steve davison is uh, probably did everything right there is uh, it is amazing so uh so i would took about to disneyland parents and then it's good to mention disneyland parents uh in our conversation here and uh, he will he will uh watch with me disney illuminations colin so when this question was first posed I actually kept going back to the same thing. It wasn't at all what I expected it to be and not in any way, shape or form really. But the thing that I kept coming back to is actually a more recent thing and one that's somewhat controversial among Disney fans, but it's Epcot forever. And stop. Yeah. And it is, (laughs) but it's different than what you may think. For me, it's one of the only ways that Walt could get a slight glimpse at many of the things that, have come and gone at Epcot and you can, you can share the music, you can share a little bit of it, but you also get a little tiny glimpse of what is to come at Epcot. And if we can only show him one moment in time, that's probably the show that I'd want to show him just because you might get a glimpse at what's next. You might see kites in the next iteration of a nighttime spectacular there. You you're going to get a glimpse at all this stuff that in one point in time, he's not going to see all at once because it's Epcot's ever changed. Oh, excuse me. Epcot is ever changing. And I, I think that'd be cool to see one 
his response to it because it's a short-term show, but also just the, the backstory to it all and all the little pieces that come together to make a show. And it's not a popular answer, but I think it it's an answer that's worth, love it. worth mentioning for me at least. That's kind of where my mind goes with that show. I, I get the I certainly get the logic as you, as you explain it um, as you explain it that way again because we again it's it's so easy to want to to bring him to Epcot to see where it is now and sort of where it too has evolved from whatever his, you know, sort of dying vision for what that park was supposed to be. Again, my answer was world of color. Um, I think the castle projection show, whether it's celebrate the magic, whether it's wishes, whether it's happily ever after that combination, certainly. Um, did is, you just, did you just name like six things? Yes. I just, I did not because my answer is world of color, <laughs> but I'm, but for those people yelling at me saying, Mangello, <laughs> how do you not talk about the, 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 the spectacle that is the castle projection show from technology to, you know, original um, uh, classic Disney animation all the way through modern. Look, any family can enjoy it together. There's that sense of wonder and awe as you stare at it. And then the, the pyrotechnics. But um, again, for me, world of color was, was hands down the, uh, the show that I would take him to. All right, let's get serious. Now, this is this is probably the most important and serious question of the entire night, because it's great that we've walked around. We've showed him all the thing. The poor guy is starving. The man needs something to eat. Where do you take Walt to eat? And let me sort of qualify this, because I don't think. You know, I'm going to say Boathouse, but I'm not. It's not the Boathouse. It's not the quote unquote best restaurant. It's the one that you just want to have him experience and you experience with him. Mm-hmm. So that being said, again, same order, ladies first. Okay, so I have a couple of thoughts on Becky, this. you're going to take him to the club. <laughs> he can already get in. It's fine. Now, <laughs> I will tell you that, yes, the club hit my brain for a moment just because he... He had this great oh, Walt, idea. Walt, please. This Never counter service, it. please. We don't do... Right. No, but then... I went somewhere else for a second, but it's not for the reason you think. So just bear with me, go with me, work with me here. I went to the chef's table at VNA, not for the food, but because it takes about a six and a half hours to eat the meal. So <laughs> that would at least give me six hours or so to be with him. But then I got to the right answer. And for me, again, going back to Disneyland, um, I, it would have to be a waterside seat at the Blue Bayou. Mm-hmm. hands down. And the reason is it has such a, a personal tie for me. Um, Walt Disney, I, I never had my grandparents. I, I never got to really get to know a grandfather. So Walt became that in my eyes with the uh, wonderful world of Disney and my exposure to him. So he was like the grandfather I wish I'd had uh, when I really didn't have one. So when my father took me to the Blue Bayou on my first visit to Disneyland ever, we had a waterside seat at the Blue Bayou. So I would love to have that connection um, to somebody I respect so much and the thoughts of my first visit there with my father and have this wonderful meal under what seems like is a starry night in New Orleans when Clearly, that's not the case. But um, 
something that's familiar, the food that he loved and enjoyed. He was so much into New Orleans um, and being able to kind of share the memories of my first visit there with my father when I was seven um, to talk to him about how his legacy, I keep going back to that word, but this thing he created for his little girls um, and his hope that families could enjoy each other together in the park definitely resonated with me and became my life because of that, that he created. So I would love to have that conversation with um, whatever I can get off the menu. If I can make it stretch out for six hours, so be it. But that's where I think I'd like to go. So I'm not going to, I'm not cutting in, but I will say Becky, it's the first thing that jumped to my mind. Um, Blue Bayou was, was um, very quickly what I put down Again, for a lot of the reasons, the connection to Walt and Pirates of the Caribbean, the the ambiance inside, the fact that it opened just a few months after he died in March, he, he passed away in um, December. Uh, obviously, you know that that plane had already been in flight. Um, but I will tell you, it's not what I ended up coming up with. So, well, teaser. For, after for that, though, I would don't you dare. <laughs> yeah, but, but after that, that, I'm, gonna mute you. I'm literally muting Becky. Um, all right, Lisa, go ahead before Becky steals it. So I'll, I'll say as a prelude that um, like you, Lou, I, I talked about these questions at the dinner table tonight. And my seven year old um, said that, mommy, you should take him to Blue Zoo because Mr. Walt deserves a Swedish fish soda. And so that was that was Tyson's take. The kids are the best. <laughs> that was Tyson's take on these questions. Um so Blue I, Zoo, I wait, Blue Zoo would not be a bad choice, by the way. I mean, Cantonese. It, it wasn't Cantonese like for the Cantonese lobster, it was because Mr. Walt deserved a Swedish fish soda. Um, which I agree with wholeheartedly. Hmm. Um no, so I I kind of migrated around property on this question and um without naming names, I I did sort of gloss by a couple of locations where he could newer locations where he could perhaps look down on what he created or inspired. Stop it. Um <laughs> in all of its glory at once. Um but no I I where I landed was actually somewhere kind of unique. Um there is a lovely um special experience that you can have at Animal Kingdom um that I hope will come back soon if it's not there originally called Savor the Savannah. Mm-hmm. Um, where they take you out on a pr- private safari tour with a very limited number of people. Um, you get to have a, a very up close and personal um, experience with the the animals and the cast members who work with them. Um, and then you go to that extraordinary lookout point where you look in one direction, you can see the elephants and you look in the other direction, you can see the, the lions and you have sort of a tapas style meal with wine and other drinks and, um, and it wasn't, uh, needless to say, it, and for most of us, I think it's not, it wasn't about the food. I just wanted to sort of be up there with him and be like, look what you inspired. Like, it's this most, it's the most incredible vantage point in the world. It's preceded by this wonderful, very private safari tour through the, through the Savannah, um, through the safari. And then you end up at this point where you're, you are, you're looking in one direction, you see the elephants and the other direction, you're seeing the lions and there's this lovely spread of food and drink in front of you. Um, but to be able to kind of, and it's, and it's scheduled such that you're doing it during sunset. 
Um, and, and just to sort of look out on that with him. And like I said, a lot of my, my answers were sort of animal kingdom um, geared for this reason, because I, I feel like he so directly inspired it, but at the same time, like so much maybe wouldn't have seen it coming um, to be able to just look out on like, you know, this field of like elephants and lions and this gorgeous, gorgeous Savannah in front of him and, and, and just show him sort of what he, what, what came to be um, because of his legacy would be pretty amazing. So yeah, save for Savannah, my answer. It's a good one. I dig. Yes. Jason? Oh boy. Like the the restaurant you went with your dad, Becky, and <laughs> it's like it's like romantic, cool, like lovely experience in the middle of Savannah. Take Chuck E. Cheese off your list and think of something fast. <laughs> yes. Golden Pizza Corral Pizza. is probably. So I, I, I was so afraid that Lisa was going to say this, and I'm, I'm glad. I mean, your it's, answer a, it's, was, it's written down right here. I can your answer was fantastic, um, but um, I went in a completely different direction, and I'm taking him to Whispering Canyon, and it is oh, in I no he was way take mine for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you this: like it, this was the first thing that popped in my head, and I was like, "What, Jason? Why are you saying Whispering Canyon? What is wrong with you?" And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, "No, this makes a lot of sense because number one, I could." Walt loved cornbread. Uh, number one, Walt loved cornbread. Well, that's the so. thing. So, so I checked. I checked against my gut. I went to the picture I'd taken from the Disney Family Museum of the little, the little note that his housekeeper gave somebody where that says like, "These are the foods that Walt mm-hmm. likes." I'm like ticking down the list. I'm like, we can get like half of these things at Whispering mm-hmm. Canyon, or at least something similar. Plus I thought he would, so it's going to be food that he's going to actually eat, which is great. Cause I don't think he's going to eat any of your safari stuff, but I love the view I'm sure. And then <laughs> he's, and then he's going to get such a kick out of seeing, and this is all very pre COVID or very post COVID, but like, he's going to get a kick out of seeing the kids running around, you know, the, 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 the whole, the, the guys, the father's getting up and doing the, I'm a little teapot and, and the ketchup thing. He's going to love that. So that's, and and then of course we'll go for drinks at Whispering. I mean at Geyser Point afterwards. Carlos, well, I, I'm taking to a totally different direction. Not no connection at all. Not even obvious. But uh, it's well, there are two main reasons. One is a little bit selfish. I would love to take him to a restaurant that somehow brings me close to my hometown. Then you say, well, but there's no Brazilian restaurant in, 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 in Disney. Well, I'm from a town in South Brazil called Blumenau, which is mostly German and is probably the, the, the biggest German place outside Germany. So, so I, loved, I would love to take him to the beer garden. And there is a genuine reason for that. I think is the perfect family restaurant. You have... Uh, Big tables, you have the big all-you-can-eat buffet, and there's something uh, special about that place. Is because you you can see families dancing when the when the polka bumpa band count, comes, and you you see that dancing floor with people with uh, uh, old couples with uh, grandpas with grandchildren, and particularly if you go during the Christmas time, uh, there is a there is this part of the show that they they tell you about the, the legend of the Tannenbaum of the Christmas tree and they invite all the kids to the, the dancing floor which is lovely. So I would love to have him watching that because I think there are a few restaurants in, in, in Disney that you can have that dancing and 
cheering and family all together feeling. And the beer garden is a perfect example. That's my my choice. I got a quick aside. I was not expecting that answer from you or anyone else, <laughs> but I am, I fell in love with it for all the great reasons and just the way you pronounce the word buffet. But I I I think I think that you're 100 right. You know, if we think to Walt's original inspiration and motivation for why he created these parks in the first place. Um, all those things certainly fit fill that bill. So, uh, Colin, what about you? So I'm going to build upon Jason's answer here just because he said that. And you're going to go to Whispering Canyon for lunch, but then as sunset starts to hit, we're going to go out to the boat dock. We're going to jump on one of the open-sided boats that goes around Bay Lake. We're going to take a ride at sunset over to Fort Wilderness. And it's a simpler, simple little ride. The sunset's amazing off Bay Lake. It's one of my favorite things ever. If you know me, you know how obsessed I am with that. But once you get there, we're going over to Trails End for very similar reasons to what Jason mentioned. It's simple. It's slower. It's the food Walt would love. It's a just a welcoming environment. Lots of kids around. Very nostalgic feeling. And it's just a different way of life that I think Walt would have appreciated. Because when you look back on all the stuff that he's created, you've got Adventureland, you've got Frontierland, you've got Tom Sawyer Island, you've got all these things that take you back in time. And to me, Fort Wilderness does that in so many ways, in ways that other areas of property just don't do quite the same way. When you get over there and day transition to the night, it feels like you're miles and miles away from a theme park. And it's that transformative experience. You've got the sights, you've got the sounds, you've got the food. And it just feels like for a moment you've escaped a theme park. And it's just perfect in so many ways. It's one of my favorite places on property. And I just really think you'd enjoy the experience. So it's really funny you say that because not that specifically, but Fort Wilderness came to mind because I thought of Walt. I thought of the time that that he lived in and the time before he passed away and some of his inspirations for things like Frontierland and Davy Crockett. And I, and I started to think about Fort Wilderness. And as somebody who consistently longs for, for simpler times, I think you know we're overwhelming Walt potentially with all the technology. I would want to show him that, look, you know, this vacation kingdom of the world that that started in 71, like it still is there. It's a place that families can go and have simple fun together. And actually the place I thought of was Hoopty Doo. Like forget the fact that it, it's not that I'm being cheap, but Walt, you can have as much as you like. Just fill up on the cornbread. It's so good. But it is. It's that family friendly show. I think it just it, it, it brings in so many of the elements that I think Walt would love. And then I, look, I, I've, I had this ongoing battle between my heart, my head, my soul, and my stomach in terms of where do I take him and why. And I, this is a bit of a cheat answer because, again, I, I sort of took myself and, and I allowed myself to include any of the parks worldwide. And again, I, I'm very well cognizant of the fact that some of the places I may mention you might not have ever seen before, but the place I'm actually taking him is a counter service location. And it's not that I'm being cheap because we have to fly all the way to Tokyo to get there. And, and let me explain why Volcania in mysterious Island, Becky's nodding her head at Tokyo yeah. Disney sea is there. 
again, I think this fulfills a lot of the things that I would like Walt to see in a restaurant. And it's not about the food, right? It's not about the cuisine. Again, this is touching back to Walt and the 54 adaptation of Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea book. I think that the theme, the backstory, the design, everything speaks, every little detail from the design of the chair to the views out onto Mysterious Island from the interior locations or this this idea of it being this 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 power plant that has now been transformed there are so many little wonderful details but you can sit outside look into the harbor and look down and see an actual nautilus ship from where you are becky when we were there like there were days we ate there more than once and then sometimes days after days and the food is 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 wonderful you know, it's and I think almost Walt would like the fact that it's buffeteria style, right? It sort of goes back to you know buffeterias like in in the fifties that he probably grew up with and was familiar with, and I think the fact that it's old school and great theming, uh, it's accessible to everyone, um, you know, for a lot of different reasons, um, it's there. So if I had to say domestically, yeah, it might be hoopty doo, but. Um, I, I think I think Volcano would be an interesting place for him to visit. And and don't forget that you're sitting there having this wonderful meal, in our case, like our fourth meal at the same place in one day, or so it seemed. Um, and the volcano erupts all around you, and you feel the entire thing shake a little bit, and the, the sound is so enveloping that you feel like you're, you know, just sitting there gonna watch Vesuvius go off at any given time. But um you're you're right. The I go back to that, that we were there twice and out of all the restaurants across two parks, we kept going back to that (laughs) one restaurant. And for Becky to go to counter service, like, you know, it's got to be good. Wow. Yeah, it it was fantastic, you know, especially because you carried the tray. Such a job. (laughs) I know my place in the circle of life. So let's extend extend off that just a little bit uh, because. You know, you've met me. I am a snacker, and I think snacking is part of the fun. Just relatively quickly, what is the one snack in the park, in any of the parks, that you think Walt has to try? Becky Menken? I'm up again. Okay. For purely um, selfish reasons, I would probably, in my brain, immediately went to the churro funnel cake. But then again, I realized that Walt wasn't a sweets guy. So I had to kind of reset my, my chi on that one. And I think this is where I would return to the hub. I would go back to the hub in Disneyland and I would get him to the little red wagon and we would grab a corn dog. On the way to the chimichanga cart. Very good answer. Excellent answer. (laughs) Exactly. Find a bench and sit there and watch people. And that's one of my favorite things to do in Disneyland. Grab a snack, sit on a bench, and watch the people enjoy his park. Actually, Becky, for you, the order of things is different. You sit on a bench, you tell me to go grab you a snack, and then you people watch. But it's fine. No, no, no. As long as we get no, to- let, let's get real here. This is usually, okay, Becky, I'm going to go to the, the corn dog cart. You go to the chimichanga cart. I want four chimichangas, and you can have a bite of one if you want. Don't judge but me. But I'll get you a corn Don't dog. Don't judge me. Exactly it's research. Lisa yeah. Donato Glasner, what is the snack that you would have with Walt and why? 
So Becky, we had, we had super similar answers. So I'm heading to um, a different main street, a different hub, um, and just walking straight into Walt Disney World. We're grabbing some popcorn and we're sitting on a bench. Um, and, and the, and, you know, all the delicious snacks at Disney. I think, I think that's that, that wins out easily anyway, but I think the main reason I want him to be there with me is because I want to be sitting there, not only looking out on main street and the castle and the hub, but also showing him the sharing the magic statue with Roy and Minnie, um, you know, because, you know, it's, it, it, it was Roy who, who made all of this happen um, after his passing. And so, you know, in, in honoring that, um, I like to sit and share a container of popcorn with Walt, looking out on that statue and conversation. I wanted to say, since popcorn is my favorite snack, I wanted to include that. But I will also, I will add something on, something that you can, a little bonus to what you're doing with Walt. Say, Walt, by the way, the margins on popcorn are tremendous. And we kill, these popcorn buckets sell like hotcakes. So not Mm -hmm. only is this fun and sentimental, but we're making serious bank on the popcorn as well. We'd appreciate that. It goes for most everything we've talked about. (laughs) Yep. Jason? So I'm going to weird it up and we're going to go over, you know, we're going to go to Hollywood Studios. We're going to go to Galaxy's Edge. We're going to go, we're going to waltz waltz our way into Oga's Cantina and we're going to have the charcuterie plate, which I think they called there like the Hapabor, Hapabor plate or something like sampler. I thought you were going to give him a fuzzy tauntaun just to watch his, you know, face when he... No, no, no. This is a snack. This is a snack. But this thing, it's so cool because it, it's, you know, it's a cured meats and cheese plate, essentially, but it doesn't look anything like it. And I think in that environment, it would be so much fun to just kind of nosh with him on, on those things. And I know he would like all of the stuff because it's stuff that Walt ate. It just looks weird. Carlos? Well, easy, easy. Oh, for me, it's easy. That's, that's one is <laughs> I would take him to Epcot during Food and Wine Festival. And we will run towards the Brazilian kiosk and we will have pão de queijo, which is the Brazilian cheese bread. And I don't know how many of you already try. I know that Lou already did. And you all will understand me and now I'll drop the mic. It's just that (laughs) Brazilian cheese bread. (laughs) Maybe I'll change my answer to chili (laughs) killings. Yeah, I didn't know we could go to food and wine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep, go wherever you want. So go ahead, Colin. Just out half our list. <laughs> so I kind of cheated on this one, to be completely honest. And I went with an appetizer because it's kind of like the snack to the main course anyway. And I went to Disney Disneyland, DCA more particularly, but Carthay Circle's Firecracker Duck Wings. Because they're amazing, Whoa. one. I mean, that's two. a great answer, but it's so not a snack. <laughs> Don't encourage Jason, everything is a snack. <laughs> Anything can be an appetizer. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, I can't help but walk into Carthay Circle or even like that lounge area and not think <laughs> about Walt and how he would have responded to a place like that and how much he probably would have enjoyed it vastly. And the food's great. And it's yep. the closest. Honestly, I struggled with this answer, but I kept coming back to those wings because it was the last one of the last things I actually ate in a Disney park. Because they were so good. Weren't they? Yes, Plus, with amazing. Walt, we could we could probably score that cool little room, that little exactly. yep. private room. We could get that. That would be. Free. See, this is a good plan. Yep. <laughs> you know, these are all um, 
very nice, very, very sweet answers, but they're all wrong. Because the place that you take Walt is not in Walt Disney World. It's not in Disneyland. It's not even overseas. I'm not going to cheat and be like, oh, look at the awesome snacks and the cute little dumplings that they have in, in the overseas park. We're going to Disney California Adventure. And I'm going to play to your audience, people. I'm going to not just one of my favorite places, but a place I think. What was Walt's favorite food? Chili. Chili. So what do you get him? A A chili cone cake? You Uh better believe it, brother. You take him to the Cozy Cone (laughs) Motel. He needs four, please. Listen, he would love everything about it. It's it's like, you know, the it's like the old hamwiches, right? But hamwiches were, were post wall, but it's easy, it's chili, it's cheese, it's corn chips, it's in this edible bread cone. It, it, he would love the theming and he would love everything about it. So we would get one of those and we would get a chicken verde if they still had one too. And I'll teach Walt the joys of double fisting at the Cozy Cone Mode. <laughs> and the secret, which is you ask for a cup so you can use the paper cup to hold your Cozy Cone while you're eating the other one. In Colin and Carlos's defense... When we were there in, it was close. Uh, February, it was. They were. They were <gasps> I was so disappointed. I missed it. Yeah, we missed that. We missed that. Yeah, we did have our photo taken, so it looks like we were there. <laughs> yep. But we didn't eat. None of us got. That eaten. means no. you have to go back. That that's. I that think. Is, oh yes, yeah. yes. I think that's a given anyway. But. Yeah. <laughs> However, the the cheese bacon one is the better. No, one. please. Oh Stop my it. gosh. No, it's chili con queso. They didn't have the chicken verde anymore. Let's hope that it comes back. Um, yeah. The Cozy Cone Motel. Uh, so in a lot of these uh, things that we're talking about, the word technology comes up a lot. Um, there's been incredible advances, obviously, in technology since Walt's time. There are some where technology, simple or complex, is, um, uh, is sort of at the heart of some of the attractions. What is the one piece of technology or the one use of technology that you would want to demonstrate or point out to Walt in the parks that you think would just enhance the experience, blow his mind, um, however you sort of define it. What's the what's the use of technology or the piece of technology? In the parks? Becky, you look very confused. I gave you these questions in advance. <laughs> it doesn't say in the parks. Well, it doesn't so was, have to be thinking, in the parks. So, I mean, if you I was, say, you know. Yeah. If, I was I was thinking technology in general. No, that's fine. That's fine. Let him play with your phone, Becky. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Here, have this. This has the computing power of like a, an office building in your day. Um, yeah, besides the ability to just open my hotel door with an app on my phone. Um, I struggled with this because I was thinking about all the different things that you can do with a phone, but I was, I went outside the parks and I immediately went to Disney plus um, the moment that I read technology, because I was thinking how amazing would it be to go from the time that he was in where the only way that you could actually watch a television set was with ears that you had to adjust. And yeah, I, don't really remember that, but yes, in a way that I do, um, I see the, yeah, the, the narrative that you're doing there, Lou. Um, but, but to go from that and black and white television and uh, all, all of that technology that was there to jumping to the point where any movie you want right now, you can just stream it. You can just pull it up. You can just see anything you want. You can 
go to YouTube. You can, you know, do all of these things. But Disney Plus was the, the place that I'm thinking he was a storyteller, right? So he really had um, th this love for telling stories. And what better platform than to show him something that you could sit down and pick any story you want and literally pull it up now and share it with your family. And uh, I, I think that for someone who hasn't gone through the decades like we have to see how technology has gone from like in video games from Pong to where we are now, uh, just going from zero to 60 and seeing Disney Plus, I think would be amazing to hear his feedback on that. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll you know, like I said, I, would, I want to turn these into a discussion. Um, the streaming services is what I put on my list. I had something else that I thought of first, but I think, you know, uh, I can almost envision Walt. You know, we see pictures of Walt sitting on a bench in Disneyland. Now I envision him sort of just looking down at this phone, like amazed at what it can do. But having everything available to everyone, everywhere, anytime, with really zero barrier to, to entry, um, both from a technology standpoint and even a financial standpoint, at, at the, the price point that it comes in at, um, mm -hmm. I, I think is... Um, I think he would be very, very impressed by. I think it would be something that um, very much fits into what Walt would want in yeah. terms of accessibility for all the content. You know, for look, when movies left the theaters, they were gone. There, there wasn't, there was no blockbuster in the fifties. So, this for Walt um, would be, you know, revolutionary in in ways he never could have imagined. Or, you know, just what we've experienced this last week, bringing a Broadway show to the masses all in one. And uh, Hamilton was a was a big phenomenon to begin with. To, but to be able to serve it up to families like that was it, it's extraordinary. Lisa. Um, so as a family, we just acquired an Oculus. And so I would love to put that on him. Um <laughs> Quite extraordinary. Um, that being said, I did force myself back into the world. Walt, here, play Beat Saber. Knock yourself out. <laughs> or you could check out something else. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, but but no, but then I took my head back to Disney. And, you know, I, I think so much about sort of what fascinated him and, you know, that little bird in New Orleans um, and where animatronics have gone since. Um, and so I went right to Navi River. Um, and I would, I would just, I would love to see him experience the shaman um, in Navi River Journey. And there's so much technology throughout the parks, um, you know, and, and, and as fascinated, I'm sure, as he would be by, you know, temperature sensors, sensors, and all that these days. Um, I would, I would, yeah, I would, I would love to take him on Navi and, and see his reaction to the shaman at the end. Yeah, so Jason, I, I was I was almost going to assume that your answer was going to be an Oculus and taking him to here with the magic .com to virtually experience the Disney parks <laughs> at home. But um, what was your answer? Well, I, I struggled with this one because I thought if we were going to stay inside the parks, it was a different answer. It was outside the park. So the void came to mind. So similar mm -hmm. to at least talking about the Oculus because I think that that would just I think the first time anyone steps into a virtual reality environment, it's it's mind it's blowing. blowing. It's mind blowing. But I actually like on the. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say this is simpler, but I I would take him. I think to the Epcot experience and show him like how this um, 
I mean, for us, a relatively straightforward projection technology oh. could be put to use in this amazing way. Um, and to show and to be able to show like, look, this is how you can demonstrate the things to come. Like imagine if you could have talked about your version of Epcot using this technology. Uh, I think, I think that would be fun for him to see that, that projection technology kind of in this, like in the surround kind of surround environment. You know what is funny? Because Jason got the only thing that I had on my list, but in some way, way he, he went to a different way. And I, 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 I also think about the, the projection mapping, but uh, I was thinking in uh, the example I was thinking is in, in a much more grandiose way is when they use it for buildings and for uh, big spaces and that they can tell They can make a castle tell a story. They can make a, 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 a whole house turn to be something totally different. They can use that in a statue. They can use that in an animatronic. So I would actually, I, Jason did not steal the, the answer, but I will complete his answer with that technology, but using that in a grand scale for, for buildings and things like that. And I think that it's amazing what they do. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the uh, I think that's when I said you know earlier when my kids mentioned the castle projection show. I think he would be wowed by that. On on so look, the first time I saw it, I was blown away by the quality, by the the clarity of it uh, as well. And you're right, the ability to um, to to make a static object um, look like it comes to life is, is incredible. So, Colin, what about for you? Well, in and. In- I'm a little shocked that Jason didn't take this to be quite honest, because he's the one who kind of showed me this and it was something that I never expected to come across, but it goes on the route that something that Lou always says, sometimes in the parks, it's not about what you see. It's not about what you smell, but often it's about what you hear. And in saying that I'm going with the sound design in galaxy's edge. And mm-hmm. one particular p- point in galaxy's edge, because, and I'll tell a short story we're walking through galaxy's ledge and me and Jason are doing filming and we're kind of all over the place. He's in one spot. I'm in the other. And he comes across me in the middle of this and he looks over at me. He's like, you've got to hear this. This is a new spot. I've never found it. This is cool. You're not going to believe what this sounds like. And he walks me over to this bench in galaxy's edge, right off to the right side. If you come out of the side entrance of black spire outpost and go straight across, there's a bench. And if you sit there at night, it literally sounds as if some type of creature is coming out of the bushes behind you. It creeps up right behind you. And right before it gets you, it darts away through the bushes. And I could just imagine sitting Walt there and the sound <laughs> technology as advanced it has, as it has become today, just the amazement of that concept. Because he was always that guy that wanted to have people live in his movies or he wanted them to have that fully immersive experience and galaxy's edge you get that in a way that disney had never quite done before pandora is similar but some of the effects of the things crawling through the bushes and just that particular one in particular in in specifics um is one that i'd have to show him if i had to pick out one piece of technology i love that you said that I love that you said because it's so. I mean, because it's, it's really cool. <laughs> it's. I think it's cool because I mean the effect is really cool. What's amazing is that you really can't hear it unless you're sitting in that spot, and so it mm-hmm. also it also shows it conveys the level of detail 
that the Imagineers went into in creating this, that, they, mm, right. that somebody cared enough about the experience that somebody may have or will have sitting on this particular bench at a particular time of day, because it's not always the same sound mm-hmm. uh, during the... It had to be so intentional, but so limited of an audience that it's just mind blown. Yeah, and I think pretty- he'd so much appreciate that. So I, I definitely thought about streaming, um, I think, without a doubt. But inside the parks, um, you know, if we go back to Walt's idea for Disneyland, not just in terms of a place where he would have fun with his, you know, with his daughters and, and a place where families could have fun, fun together, but it was sort of the next iteration, the, the, the next step in the genesis of storytelling, where we go from being passive observers inside a movie theater sitting in front of our radio or watching it on the screen to the first level of, of interactivity. We, he wanted guests to not just be able to interact with the stories, but almost have a more active role. And I think as we've been taking him through the parks, he's going to see that progression in terms of how we, to a certain degree, have a sense of interaction, uh, control of the storytelling, as it were. And I think that the Play Disney Parks app is the next step in that evolution in terms of adding layers onto an already interactive experience, bringing these environments to life. And the fact that he, that Disney has been able to, there's a gamification now of your experience where I used to hate seeing people on their phones because it took you away from enjoying and experiencing everything that's around you, including your Mm -hmm. friends and family to the fact that it's now something you can do together. And the more, I I think it almost, if you play it um, and really dig deeper into it and start to uncover some of the layers that exist in there, the more you explore, the more there is to discover. And you can sort of take your experience in someplace like galaxy's edge, for example, as deep as you want to go interact with the environment, interact with the cast members, interact with the attractions themselves. Um, it's free, right? There's no additional cost to it, but I think it does add um, additional depth, additional story to your time in the parks. And I think what we see now in in July 2020 is very much the tip of the iceberg. And I, and I predict that by this time next year, assuming all things, you know, let's assume we sort of get back to a semblance of normalcy, that app in terms of what it can do and the value that it can provide to guests, not just in terms of planning, but in terms of entertainment in the parks, we're going to look back and go, remember when the app first launched Mm -hmm. and you can do this? Now look, I think we're going to see augmented reality very much playing a part. I think we already see in places like Galaxy's Edge, we have the ability to control the environment in terms of sounds that we can hear and triggering different things to the park. Um, there will be rewards and levels and and a lot more of the things to come. Um, you know, when that app launched, I was incredibly impressed at how much it did, how well it did from its, you know, 1.0 release and how it's continued to improve. Um, so we'll see what it 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 brings going forward. So, um, all right, let's, um, let's put our, our foot on the gas a little bit more. There's a lot more that I want to get to. So 
We're gonna uh, we're gonna speed things up just a little bit because we have a lot still to get to. Uh, again, I know that uh, maybe not everybody has had a chance to do it, but as I was thinking about this in, in terms of technology, for those of you who have been on a Disney cruise, uh, mm-hmm. I think Walt. I think the cruise line itself would would just sort of blow Walt away um, for a, a variety of reasons. And again, Walt and Lily and his family liked to cruise. What would be the one thing on Disney Cruise Line? that you'd like to see him experience or do? This was hard. It's, you, it was going to be Paulo, Becky. I know no, you no, very no. well. It's no, the no, concierge no. lounge no. in Paulo. No. It's the chocolate because, souffle, Walt. Well, okay, that was closer, <laughs> but I had to leave the food for you because I know how upset you get when I, you know, tramp on your, on your food stuff. However, uh, uh, when, when Walt and Lillian cruised the experience was so different um but a lot of it is about connecting to people and meeting new people and having those those times where you just sit around and play cards and and talk to people about your experiences and um i think it would be amazing to see his face when you mold those two together the experience of a cruise and his storytelling right so mine is really simple and you're probably not going to believe me when I say this, but just work with me, go with me again. Um, on deck four, there are times when I just go to the atrium and I just kind of hug up to the railing and watch everything going on in deck three right in front of the restaurant, right? And the time that I love the most is when they bring out all the princesses and there's like four or five of them like in a, in a half circle and all these families are going from queue to queue to queue to meet the princess and watching these children, these little girls, these little boys run up to the princess and hug her. And the princess go- comes down on her knees and she's talking to what are you doing? <laughs> and she's talking to the little kid and the mom is crying and the dad is, is snapping pictures at 40 miles an hour. Um, I think for him to experience that and to see how his characters and one of his favorite pastimes of cruising all come together to, to bring those families together, seeing his face during that time would be amazing for me. Um, no, a part of me just wants to be like, you, you have an Island, <laughs> you have a whole Island. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but now I, I, we are heading right to animators palette for the last night and we're drawing and we're watching the show and spoiler, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't done a Disney cruise. Um, but yeah, last night at animators paddle is straight where we're going. Um, it's to me, it's just, it's, it's, it's everything, right? Cause it's the animation and it's the, the, the wow factor for the audience, but it's also like the cast member experience and seeing all of the wait staff, um, that's been with you for the whole cruise, um, you know, it, it, you know, on on show and and doing their their parade and their performance. Um, it, it, for me, it's the climax of of the cruise, um, and I would just love to see him see like what can be done for something that I'm sure would have taken months in his time. Um, you know, with with a piece of artwork that you know that my child has done or that he has done um, up on this up on the screen in front of all of us. That was my second one uh, on my list. That I'm was so my first one. <laughs> Sorry, Carlos. I'm, I'm okay. Confession time. 
I like the cruise. I have never been on a Disney cruise. <gasps> what? Okay, no, I just haven't found either. the right group of people. <laughs> if only somebody go. would go cruising. If only with there you. was people cruising that you could join together with in maybe January. I'm not sure. There's, there's I think rumor. Walt would love Marvel Day at Sea, but <laughs> but so the thing that came to mind, and this is kind of goofy, I know, but I think I think he'd I think he'd enjoy it because I think I would enjoy it. I think he would get a kick out of the aqueduct. I'd like to see him <laughs> ride the aqueduct. I know it's I know it's goofy. It doesn't he okay now i'm getting looks and you these looks that i'm getting looks, looks no, of disappointment. Listen, I, i'm sure the looks of like i'm sure there's talking. a five-year-old kid that also said the aqueducts <laughs> i think there. no i think that there's a lot of people who would say that i think there's a lot of people who would say that and if you've never done the aqua dunk you know you got to give that a try too but becky's like no don't yeah look, just she's stop. never done it so, <laughs> no, wait, wait, if you're standing there and all of a sudden you're you're standing comfortably on this little piece <laughs> of something and it like rips out from under you and you fall plummet she's to never your almost death. done it before. No, that's good. all I'm saying is she's never done it before. So, so Carlos, your, um, Th- your, your thank answer you. was what? Thank you, Lisa, because Lisa stole my number one, but actually I'm going to, and it, something for me was so obvious that I didn't even consider. But uh, I would take uh, Walt to Castaway Key. Uh, he owns a freaking island. <laughs> so <laughs> that's your thing, my buddy. Here's your island. Let's let's enjoy it. It is amazing, and it's something that every time that I, you know, I do a, one of the Caribbean trips here, here for, for Disney Cruise Line, I say, well, why don't we we spend two days? three days or even more days in Castaway Key because it's so amazing. Um, so nobody took that, but it's for me, it was so obvious. It's so it's Castaway Key, it's, it's, the, it's the island and um, everything that you have there, the whole story. Uh, and it's something that it feels so, so Disney. It is so Disney for me when you go there and then and you, you, you enjoy everything there. So it's, that's that's for me. That's that that's the whole thing. The is not the cruise ship. Is not is the island. You know, I agree with you. Although when Lighthouse Point opens, we'll see if oh, that yeah. answer potentially changes. So. <laughs> Colin, what about for you? Well, Lisa took Carlos's, and Carlos's Carlos took mine. So I don't really have an answer <laughs> at this point. But for a different reason, though. I mean, to me, Castaway K is basically the only semi-US, close to the United States piece of land that Walt never saw. So I think it'd be cool to him to see, hey, this is another acquisition that we had. This was how we're scaling things even further. This is how we're growing, developing as a company, trying things that are new and different. So same thing, only different. (laughs) You know, so for me, you know, I sort of was virtually touring the ship in my head. A lot of things came to mind. Interactive art, for example. Hollow branch. Cabanas, like, well, let's just spend the day in Cabanas. But I think, I think the Disney Cruise experience itself is what I would show him. Meaning this, before I took my first Disney Cruise, I was admittedly skeptical because I said, how are they going to capture the quote-unquote Disney experience with no attractions, no rides, the things that we quote-unquote were going to Disney for – and put it on sea. Like, what are we going to do for five to seven days? But they have taken that Disney experience and brought it to sea and has now very quickly become one of my favorite things to do. 
calling it an extension of the park is is almost not the the right word to use because it is so vastly different. But it's the things. Look, we go to the Disney parks, yeah, because we like the attractions, but because it's we love how these places make us feel, and that's what Disney Cruise Line is, is absolutely able to do. So, you know, we would it it wouldn't be anything in particular other than just the cruise, but like at the end of of most attractions they end in gift shops um and so i want to know what is the one so that's the end of part one of our the one or really i guess the two with disney because there's a lot more that we are going to get into in terms of things that we would take walt to see do and experience i'm also going to pose some lightning round questions for the group to see what they think walt might want to do might think or feel about certain things and of course we'll finish off with that one question that maybe we would ask walt given that extraordinary opportunity so please make sure to tune in next week and of course please help spread the word tell a friend share on social about this week's podcast i sincerely appreciate it It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, hear, remember, smell. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week we were talking about Disney villains and specifically Ursula for our trivia question. And if you remember from The Little Mermaid, Ursula transformed herself from a sea witch into a beautiful woman in order to fool the prince into marrying her. And your question last week was to tell me what was the name that she used. First, thanks and congratulations to all of you who entered, got this one correct, and knew that the answer is Vanessa. So as you remember from the film, once Ursula sees that Ariel and Prince Eric are starting to fall in love. She transforms herself into a beautiful young woman named Vanessa. She basically hypnotizes Eric, tricks him into marrying her, and, well, you know how it all plays out there. Anyway, actress Jodie Benson, who is the voice of Ariel, actually provided the voice of Vanessa, who is Ursula's beautiful human alter ego, instead of Pat Carroll, who was the voice of Ursula herself. Anyway, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and once again, last week you were playing for all of my digital products, which is my 102 Ways to Save Money for an at Walt Disney World book, as well as my seven virtual audio walking tours of Magic Kingdom, where you and I walk through Magic Kingdom, physically distanced, of course, six feet apart, but together we walk through Magic Kingdom with the binaural, three-dimensional ambient sounds of the parks behind us. we I take you land by land through all of the history, details, secrets, stories, overlooked experiences, really to help you enjoy and I think get a, a deeper appreciation of the parks and impress your friends when you take them back. By the way, all these are available for just $10 if you go to the WW Radio, Radio shop at www.radio.com. I'm also going to send you a WW Radio vinyl sticker and a Magic Band cover not available in stores or online, and a mystery prize from my eBay collection. I am in the process of 
going through my personal collection of Disney, Marvel, and Star Wars items that I've been collecting really since the 70s and putting 10 new items up each week on eBay. $1 starting bid, no reserve. Auctions begin and end Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern at www.radio.com slash eBay. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is... Jerry Palmisano. So, Jerry, congratulations. You used the online form, so I have your shipping address. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, let's stick with voices, but go back to the Disney theme parks. And Disney MGM Studios, prior to it becoming Disney's Hollywood Studios, had one of my favorite nighttime firework spectacular displays called Sorcery in the Sky. And I want to know, who was the narrator of the Sorcery in the Sky fireworks display at Disney MGM Studios? If it sounds familiar, I'm going to even give you a hint, because if you've been playing my daily Disney trivia on my Instagram stories, this is a question I asked not too long ago, and I think it will help you if you remember, or you can go back on my Instagram stories and still find it there. Again, I'm at Instagram.com slash Lou New multiple choice trivia questions every single morning. They're fun. Maybe test your knowledge. Hopefully learn something along the way. So, But anyway, for this week's trivia question, you have until Sunday, July 12th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com. Click on this week's podcast. There you'll find the form. Again, you are going to play for the digital products, the books, the audio tours, the sticker, the Magic Band cover, and another mystery prize from my personal eBay collection. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. I hope you had fun, maybe even learned something new. And I hope really that the show continues to bring you a little bit of happiness and positivity and some of that Disney magic to your day and week. And this is obviously a very special week as the Walt Disney World Parks reopen again beginning this weekend, July 11th. I am fortunate that I'm going to be able to attend the annual Passholder Preview on Thursday in Magic Kingdom, and I want to bring that and other days to you live. So starting at 8.30 a.m. this Thursday, July 9th, I will be live from the annual Passholder Grand Reopening Preview. That's Thursday, July 9th from Magic Kingdom. I'm supposed to be back on Saturday and then on Sunday again from Disney's Animal Kingdom, and then I'll be in Epcot for its opening day on Wednesday. I plan on going live whenever I am at the park, so please make sure you not only like the WW Radio page on Facebook at facebook.com slash Radio. More importantly, that you become part of the community and conversation by joining our Facebook group at www.radio.com slash community. Again, turn on notifications in both places. This way you don't miss a thing. And as we are being welcomed back, and we are being welcomed back into Walt Disney World, into Disney's home and the parks and resorts this week, please remember and keep in mind that this is all new for everybody, including and especially the cast members. Not only has this never happened before, but everyone is doing their very best, and they are trying to ensure that we as guests have the most magical experience possible. Things are going to be different. Things might not be perfect. 
but we need to understand that this is all so, so very brand new and, and you can't sort of plan for everything until guests walk in the gate. And to that end, I ask you, I, I implore you, whether you visit the parks, you follow on social, you watch a live video, mine or anybody else's, if you read a blog, that you set an example for others by being positive, by being patient, being understanding, and please be kind. Um, set your expectations accordingly and just enjoy the fact that the gates are open once again and that Disney and the cast members are welcoming us back into their home with open arms. Choose the good, right? Positivity is contagious. Again, set an example for others by the way that we act. And and I think if we bring that patience and understanding, this will be a, a very special, very magical, memorable time for everybody. And speaking of the community, I want to once again thank and just express how much I love and appreciate everyone who is part of our WW Radio Nation family. I want to thank some of the new members who've joined, the hundreds of you who are part of the Nation family, including Hasnaim Abdulaziz, Jennifer Bryant, Jackie Daniels, and Darius Barnett. If you want to find out how you can not only help the show, but you get exclusive rewards every month, including monthly scavenger hunts, trivia quests. We have a private Facebook group, magic band covers, logo gear, T-shirts, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World, as well as exclusive live video group calls and lots more. You can visit www.radio.com support. And please don't forget, you can join for as little as a dollar a month. It's completely optional, but it's a great way to help show your support for WW Radio. And please also don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of your contribution do go to our Dream Team project, to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. As I said, and always have said, this show is by, for, with, and about you. I'd love to hear from you. So if you have a comment about this week's show, again, please go to our Facebook group, or you can call the voicemail and be heard on the air at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. You can also email me, Lou, at WW Radio, if you have any questions, comments, anything I can help you with. Obviously, our meets of the month are on pause for a while and thing until things sort of get back to some semblance of normalcy. I am planning to do another virtual meet of the month soon. Definitely stay tuned to that. And also stay tuned to our events page at www.radio.com slash events. We are still planning on moving forward with events, especially in 2021. We have our Marvel Day at Sea Cruise leaving out of Miami in January. Our Adventures by Disney to Italy in March. Other things that uh, we're planning and are going to announce very, very soon. And whether you are planning your next Disney or other vacation, please visit our friends and Becky over at MouseFanTravel.com. As you heard me say, they are my official, recommended, and trusted travel provider for more than 13-some-odd years. It's who I trust because it's who I have used. And Becky and her team of agents not only give you the best possible prices and, and all available discounts, but they really treat you like your family. And again, you can visit them at MouseFanTravel.com. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, I mean that sincerely, whether we have met yet or not, and all I ask is that if you like the show, and I hope that you do, please help spread the word, let others know about it, tweet out that you're listening, share a link to this or your favorite episode on Facebook or Instagram or even Pinterest, and if you can, take just 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. I want to take a second and thank some recent reviewers, including Pimental R who says it's the pinnacle of Disney fandom. I've been listening to Lou and the WW Radio Show for eight years now. I'm still blown away each and every episode from the very second you press play and hear that oh-so-memorable intro. Thank you, Dave Roshoni. You escape from reality and into the world of the most knowledgeable Disney authority on the planet. Wow. And his unmatched and, un- and distinguished guests. 
Seriously, just click play now. It's the closest you can get without actually being there. Tattooed Disnerd, who says, the most magical podcast on Earth. I can't say enough about Lou, the podcast and community he has built, you have built. The podcast is educational, entertaining, fun, and always gives you the Disney fix you need when you're unable to go to the parks. Lou's knowledge of Disney is magical, and listening each week just adds to my already infinite love of all things Disney. So thankful for Lou and the podcast. I'd give it 100 stars if possible, but for now, I'll just take the five aloud. Thanks, Lou, for the podcast and the clubhouse that I'm happy to be a member of. Nightmare King NWO says it's awesome. Lou rules. (laughs) Typical Eeyore. Christopher says... Uh, Lou's created something special with WW Radio. His positive attitude, deep knowledge, and curiosity leads us through the looking glass into the world of Disney and, of course, Walt Disney World. He makes me hungry for Disney food, enlightens me with Disney history, and entertains me with his jokes and quips. Lou's kindness and positivity are always welcome in my day. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, Chris. The Tennessee Mom says it's the best Disney podcast. If you're looking for a well-rounded Disney podcast with mixes of history and current events and reviews of things happening at the parks and resorts, this is the place for you. I found Lou's podcast about a year ago. I got hooked. I started to go back and listen to all the old ones in chronological order. It helps me through the times on our in-between visits home. And finally, Outlanda from Australia, which I think is awesome, says, being in Australia and loving trips to Disney World, this show is an awesome and informative podcast. So much resonated with me on discussions for Disney and Star Wars. Great job, Lou and team. Outlanda, Tennessee Mom, Christopher, Nightmare King, Tattoo Disnos, Dis Dis Nerd, and Pimental are. Uh, thank you all very much. Again, just search for WW Radio and Apple Podcasts or go to www.radio.com slash iTunes to find out how, where to leave your review. Finally, most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love and appreciate you so, so very much. I hope that this show and this community that you have built and nurtured continues to make you happy and bring some joy into your life and maybe even inspire you to be and do better. And as I said at the beginning about how to approach the Disney parks this week, whether you're going or just watching and consuming, these are things that we can, you know, take into our daily lives about being patient and being understanding and being kind and being positive because all those things are contagious and there's an amazing ripple effect that you can have on other people. You know, it's amazing the good we can do just by being good, right? Eeyore, even Eeyore, the like the mopey Eeyore says, a little consideration, a little thought for others makes all the difference. Uh, And he is right. And I hope that you not only enjoyed the show, but this truly is your best week ever. I hope to see you on Thursday and this weekend and on all the live broadcasts coming up as well as on our normal Wednesday night show at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. So thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. So until next time, see ya. Hey, Lou. Uh, Craig Lewis in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Love the show. Really enjoyed the uh, Top Ten Villain show. Gave me a lot to think about. And uh, I really just want to throw out a mention for uh, uh, someone and in a whole venue of Disney things you didn't talk about, and that would be from the TV shows. And I really think we owe a mention to Dr. Heinz Doofenshmirtz. Uh, there's no other villain that can make you laugh as much, love him as much, and almost cheer for him. You want him to get it right just once with one of his innators. And uh, not too many villains can make you hope that they will eventually succeed. And uh, someone who, anytime he enters a scene, you just know it's going to be hilarious, and uh, uh, you never know quite what to expect. 
So, again, thanks for everything that you do. It's hard. I had to cancel a visit to the parks this summer. Uh, your show, among some other shows, really helps to, to ease that pain a little bit. And uh, thank you for bringing a bit of the magic uh, to podcast world. Take care. Hey, Lou, this is Beth from Brooklyn, New York, and wanted to call in um, after listening to the uh, Villains episode Um Yesterday and today on my different walks and runs and stuff through Brooklyn. And just some comments. I know I had commented on Instagram and on the Facebook page that I may have said, he threw his daughter off a cliff when you said Thanos was not on your list. Because, I mean, seriously. But I get it. Um, In terms of Maleficent, she's definitely my favorite one. And now that there is the live action, I can't really take that backstory away from the other one. Um, I mean, the let's call it what it was, the rape scene where her wings were removed from her just really sort of was, the whole, that was the motivation. It wasn't just the party thing. But anyway, um, I love when Nicholas said Bambi and man, because Bambi was the first movie my parents took me to in the theater when I was like three and a half or something, obviously a re-release. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, man was the, the villain there, and they tell stories about how I jumped up and down screaming, run, Bambi, run, in the forest fire scene. So still holds a place in my heart. And a funny story with where you're talking about Mother Gothel, um, Donna Murphy, who voiced her in the movie, also um, shortly thereafter when Shakespeare in the Park did a production of Into the Woods, um, she played the witch, who, of course, is the one who kidnaps Rapunzel in Into the Woods. And a friend of mine and I who worked at Disney Store in Times Square um, waited at the stage gate area for that to talk to her one night. And we were asking her, you know, about the places where she saw the similarities because we saw some and they were quite opposite. And what's funny is her daughter was about seven or eight at the time. And she said that her daughter was like, Mama, can you please, after this, stop playing the person who kidnaps Rapunzel? And I just thought that was really, really cool. But, um, yeah, it was a great episode, so really enjoyed it. Got me through a couple of walks and runs. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. Um, try to stay safe wherever you are. We're doing okay here in New York right now. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to getting back to Disney Marathon Weekend. Please let it happen. Um, hope everybody has a great week. Bye. Hey, Lou Mangiello. This is Anna Collins calling from Texas. I just finished listening to episode 94. Um, I have been going through all of your Wayback Machine episodes on my um, little Apple app. And um, you were talking about Discovery Island and thoughts of how it could be revitalized. And I was thinking... What if Disney partnered with both the National Park Service and um, they already have a partnership with National Geographic um, through Disney Plus, and maybe those three combined could revitalize Discovery Island, and it could be both a um, review of, like, what the national parks offer, but then also do an international outlook with the National Geographic side, and it could be under the the heading of something like, what was it, um, Walt Disney's, um, like, nature series, his nature adventure series. Anyway, just my thoughts. I hope you're having a great day, and thank you for everything you do. Bye.